Good evening, and welcome to the candidates forum for the upcoming USD 418 Board of Education elections. I'm Dan Hurry, Chairman of the Business and Membership Committee, most usually referred to as the BAM Committee, of the Chamber of Commerce. Thank you for attending this forum, and thank you to KBBE Radio for carrying this broadcast live for those unable to attend. The Chamber of Commerce is not a political action committee, nor does it endorse candidates in elections. We have been hosting these forums for many years as a service to allow candidates seeking public office to express their views openly so community members can understand their positions and make informed voting choices. The candidates have already received this information, but for the benefit of the listening audience, I will briefly explain the procedure. This drew numbers to determine speaking order and will rotate with each question, so no candidate has to answer first every time. The candidates have not been given questions prior to the forum. Each candidate has three minutes for opening statements to share about themselves and their reasons for seeking office. Each, as each question is presented, each candidate will have one minute to answer. Our timekeeper will show the remaining time and if necessary, will stop the candidate in mid-sentence. This is a forum, not a debate, therefore, Questions from the audience will be submitted to the band committee in writing and screened for duplication, appropriateness, and must be applicable to all candidates. Candidates may choose to stay and visit with the public after the forum, but it will be their choice. Do any of the candidates have any questions concerning the procedures? With no questions, we will begin with the opening statements, and we're going to begin with Mr. Butler. Good evening. My name is Jeff Butler, and I'm running for school board for USC 418. I'd like to thank Chamber First and Chamber of Commerce and Kansas Municipal Utilities for sponsoring this forum this evening, as well as all of you who are in attendance tonight and coming to be informed and, and take part in this forum. I've been a resident of McPherson for, since uh, 1979. I moved here with my parents, uh, began in the USC 418 school system with Washington Elementary in the fifth grade, and moved on to Park School and McPherson Junior High School, and eventually becoming a graduate of McPherson High School. I went on to receive an associate's degree in, in in Criminal Justice Administration at Hutchinson Community College and later uh, received my bachelor's, uh, bachelor's degree from University of Phoenix online while, while uh, working full time. Uh, I'm married to my amazing wife for 19 years and have three fantastic children, all, all of who have attended McPherson schools or uh, are one that I actually had visiting that college at the time. I'm currently Vice President of Kansas Genius, which is an organization of city, county, and school district professionals from all over Kansas. I'm also currently active with MHSPTO and a former youth basketball and football coach. As part of my 
seven plus years of employment, counting on experience with line item budgets, capital outlay expenditures, as well as seven grade salary process, much like what is used with USD 418. My priorities for USD 418 include the following. A nationwide search for superintendent candidates. We need to make sure that we are not limiting the pool of candidates and that we are taking the steps necessary to hire the absolutely, absolutely the best leadership for the district. And state standards aligned curriculum, which Ms. McWilliams is now acting on and doing a great job as curriculum director for USD 418. The district needs to address teacher and staff salaries, retention and recruiting, and make USD 418 competitive with surrounding districts so that we can keep our teachers and recruit quality educators. The district needs a plan to address our immediate facility needs as well as the potential of a bond proposal for the community and making sure that the best interests of the community and our students are considered. I appreciate your time and would appreciate your support in the election November 5th. Mr. Patrick. Good evening. My name is Neil Patrick. I'm I have to hold the mic. Sorry. No. Good evening. My name is Neil Patrick. I'm a born and raised person from McPherson County. I've attended both Lindsburg and McPherson Public Schools. I've been married for 13 years to my wife, Erin. We have four children together, two girls and two boys, Addison, Ashton, Jackson, and Jensen. They all attend McPherson Public Schools, both at a Lincoln campus and the McPherson Middle School campus. Uh, I'm a 1993 graduate of McPherson High School. Sorry Just one direction, you have to hold it right in front of you. Sorry about that. I'm not used to flying my ear. I'm a 1993 graduate of McPherson High School. I'm also a graduate of Martin County Community College with an Associate of Arts degree. I'm a graduate of Waterford University with a Business Administration with an Emphasis in Management degree. And I'm also a graduate of the Kansas Highway Patrol Training Academy in Salina, Kansas. Uh, so for 22 years as a state trooper with the Kansas Highway Patrol, I worked in both rural areas and metropolitan areas. One of the highlights of my career is that I've served 10 years on the executive board of the Kansas State Troopers Association we're a recognized bargaining unit with the Kansas legislature. Uh, we deal with a lot of pay issues, employee benefits, those type of situations, as well as uh, employee relations and uh, disciplinary matters. Uh, I've served on the McPherson Tree Board. I'm currently serving on the McPherson Board of Zoning Appeals. I serve as vice chair on that board. And I recently served on a sub-advisory board that was selected by the USD 418 Redesign Committee, and we overlooked the some curriculum over the course of about six months of last school year. I have a desire to serve on the school board. Uh, I've been thinking about doing this for about the past six years, since the inception of my first child got into school, but I wanted to wait until the time was right. Uh, I feel like it's important to have skin in the game. I think that if you're gonna serve on this board of education, that you should have actively kids in school. That, you're, that you have in your household. Uh, I have four of them, and at some point, I'm gonna have three of them at three different campuses. So that gives me a pretty good aspect of what's going on and the climate of what's going on at those various campuses. Um, I think that it's important that the Board of Education has a diverse group of people that serve um, from a wide range of occupations. I professionally serve in a law enforcement capacity, and I think that brings a, a unique uh, perspective to the Board of Education. I look at things a little bit differently. Uh, I have an investigative training skill that allows me to uh, read the fine print and look at things a little bit deeper, and I'm willing to ask the tough questions that need to be asked. Um, 
my goal is to create transparency by sitting in this position. I'm a real person, I have real kids, and this is the real school that we want to make better. Mrs. Bender. Thank you. First, I'd like to thank the Chamber for this opportunity to address questions from the community. My name is Laura Vanderhoof, and I'm married with two high schoolers. We have resided in McPherson since 2006. I'm an assistant professor of social work and the program director at Tabor College. I hold a doctor of social work and a master's in social work. I am a licensed social worker in the state of Kansas. I have nearly 30 years of social work experience, including working with mental health, child welfare, refugees, sexual abuse, failure to thrive, public education, restorative justice practices, and juvenile justice. As an educator, I have 12 years teaching at the college level, which gives me particular insight to the requirements needed to prepare students for that level. I served at USD 418 as the Assistant Director of Community Services for the Early Childhood Program. I am an active board member of the Local United Way, and I have served as a secretary of the high school PTO since the committee began last year. I am running for USD 418 School Board of Education to further advocate for the highest quality public education for our children. The most important issue I'd like to see approved is that the school board adopt and implement a curriculum that is vertically and horizontally aligned grades kindergarten through 12 and relies on measurable outcomes and reliable assessment structures and an ongoing training for the teaching staff. In addition, my other priorities as a school board member are as follows. Engage the board and community in a nationwide search for the best superintendent to lead the school district forward. Develop a structured compensation plan that allows the district to hire and retain the best teaching staff and implement a long-term maintenance plan to address our critical infrastructure needs. I thank you, and I look forward to answering your questions. Mr. Meek. All right, thank you for having me here. Uh, my name is Brian Meek, and uh, I have three kids here in the school district. They're all at Washington Elementary, uh, elementary school age. And I'm really running um, community a better place, right? And in order to do that, we need to uh, have the right processes and the right culture in our school district in order for our kids to succeed. Uh, my current position right now, I'm a director of training and safety here at Kansas Municipal Utilities. And my job every day is to work with uh, utility workers and train them and my staff train them. Um, and what we see and, and what I've seen even before I came to Kansas is that people leave high school and can't do basic math or, or their reading skills are not, are not up to par. And sadly, we've seen that um, here with the McPherson schools too, um, where only 22% of the kids that graduate are proficient in both reading and math, right? So we're graduating kids and, and they're not being prepared um, as they need to be for, for the future. So my background, I'm a Navy veteran. I was a nuclear chemist in the Navy. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in nuclear engineering technology and a master's in business administration. And um, previous to moving to McPherson, I lived in Minnesota and I managed power plants. Um, I had about $500 million assets that I managed. And my job was to ensure that the culture of those power plants was so that they could succeed and provide power to people. And that's just how it is with the school district, right? We need to create a culture that promotes our children's success. It doesn't, it doesn't do enough to just say, uh, I graduated. 
right? You have to graduate and have the skills necessary to prepare you for life. And my goal is to make sure that that happens uh, in this school district. So I have three real priorities that I'm looking at in order to create that culture. One, as I think everybody is talking about, is making sure that the curriculum is the right curriculum and that it's aligned properly to make sure the students succeed. Two is to make sure everything is coordinated. If a student doesn't succeed, right, and is having issues, we need to find the right resources to allow that student to succeed. Don't just push them to the next grade and push them to the next teacher, right? We need to have the right resources and the right capabilities. And then thirdly is communication between parents, the community and the school district itself. And um, part, of my, part of my mantra is that parents are responsible for their children along with the school district. And I expect that the school district has policies that not just holds administrators and students and, and teachers accountable, but it also holds parents accountable to make sure that their children are at school and they're getting the education that they need. Thank you very much. Mr. Johnson. Good evening. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this uh, candidate forum for USC 418. I am Jeff Johnson. I'm currently serving on the Board of Education, as I have for many years, and currently have the privilege of serving as a board president this year. I wanted to start with just sharing a little bit of my background. I was born and raised in person, attended schools here after high school graduation. I then uh, went to Hesh Community College, Kansas State University, and then received a degree in ag education. Upon graduation, I taught in person high school for four years in our vocational ag department. I'm also a part of a multi-generational family farm uh, located north of McPherson and have that understanding from the business perspective of agriculture there. I also own and operate an electrical contracting business in our community and have had a great privilege to serve uh, many individuals, businesses, institutions, organizations uh, within our community, which has given me great insight into uh, how our community thinks and thoughts that they have. My wife is also uh, from the McPherson community, and um, we have three children who are grown and married. Um, their our grandchildren are um, also part of our school district now, and uh, three of them attending in Eisenhower Elementary. I also have, a, um, over the years, a background in a number of different organizations and boards that I've served on, both private, governmental, uh, as well as um, uh, some that are related to our church board, and um, those are very important and growing experiences for me. I'm an active member of the McPherson Free Methodist Church, and I, I have served there in various capacities over the years. Faith is, my faith is very important to me, and it's foundational to who I am and, and the decision-making and the processes that I go through. I've also been involved in various community ministries and had that opportunity. I share these things so that you have a sense of understanding for me, and one of the things I believe I bring to the board is an understanding and a connection to this community, having grown up here and served in this community and uh, had that opportunity to do that as a board member. I also uh, think as a leader, uh, characteristics I bring to the board are that of experience and understanding, and I also treat others with respect, and I believe I'm a good listener, and I'm calm and non-reactive, and I try to be collaborative in the way I lead. I value our staff and all of our teachers, 
our classified staff as well as our administrators, all are very important to the uh, vital work that we do as a district. So thank you for the opportunity to be a part of that and your support in the past and hopefully in the future. Mrs. Greer. I am also born and raised here in McPherson. Um, my husband was as well, and I graduated from high school in 04 and went on to Kansas State University and got a bachelor's in elementary education. Um, I got to have the privilege of teaching here for five years at Lincoln Elementary, three years in kindergarten, and two years in second grade. Um, and I feel that I really know the hard, hard, hard work that goes into teaching and leading and serving your community as a teacher. Um, and I'm currently a stay-at-home mom to four children. Our oldest is just now in uh, first grade, so we now um, are part of the school life, which is really fun to be in the public schools. And um, my husband here is in construction. Um, and one the main reasons that I I would like to continue serving on the board. I've served on the board for about a year and a half. I was the uh, replacement of a board member who had to end her term midterm. And um, I just really know the value of the golden teachers that we have in our district. We have the most incredible teachers. And I just want to do everything that I can to support them and their solutions to best educate our students because they are the experts that we need to trust. Um, I'm looking forward to all of this facility um, upgrading that we are about to embark on exploring and um, I think that it's going to be a great opportunity to involve our staff and our community to um, also be engaged in that process and I think it's going to be very exciting. Um, I'm also proud that um, our Board of Education has always tried to um, listen to the community and I want to continue to be part of that and be part of um, Mrs. Parkins. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. I'm Ann Parkins. I am from McPherson, not born here, but just down the road in Great Bend. We moved here when I was in third grade. I attended Roosevelt Elementary School, then middle school, and graduated from high school here and had the opportunity to receive some great teachers, um, recipients of great teachers from elementary all the way through Mrs. Carol Ferguson in high school. And if you ever had her, you know what I'm talking about. Um, we have great teachers now, and part of the reason why I'm running for the school board is to continue to support those teachers and be involved in a very positive and impactful way in our community. I have two young children. My youngest will be four on Sunday, so we're just starting the school life, and or my oldest and my youngest is 16 months old, so we have a little ways to go. We'll be in the district for a long time. My husband is also from here. We're both attorneys, um, went off to school and then came back. I'm an attorney at a local law firm, and I think my training and education and experience gives me um, key qualities to be an effective school board member and look at things objectively, analytically, without involving emotion 
or um, over, being overcome by personal bias. And I think that's very important. We have a lot of important issues to address. Uh, some issues that I think are very important are the choosing of a new superintendent. Mr. Moan is retiring, so the new board will get the opportunity to choose a superintendent. And I think that person can have a good impact on the district and the community, and it's important to choose wisely. I also think that evaluating our facilities is very important. There's a very detailed facilities report that goes through all of the needs that the district has. And I think good school facilities helps not only the district, but our community and our industry. We would continue the curriculum work that the district has already begun um, through Mrs. McWilliams and Mr. Vincent and the teachers that we have implementing um, the curriculum and the curriculum changes. Thank you for attending. It's nice to see so many people involved in a community event. Mrs. Worth. Good evening, I'm Robin Worth. Thank you everybody for coming out tonight. It's my pleasure to be here. I am a McPherson native. I was born and raised here. I attended Washington Elementary Park School, McPherson Junior High. I was in the first freshman class at the McPherson High School. I graduated from McPherson High School in 1989, and then I went on to McPherson College where I received a Bachelor of Arts in History. Later in life, I decided that I was really wanted to follow my dream and I went to Heston College to get my RN. I've been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. I have two boys. I teach part-time at the YMCA. My oldest son graduated from McPherson High School two years ago. He is now attending Hutchinson Community College. My younger son is a freshman at McPherson High School. My husband owns a business here in our community. And so part of being on the school board is a community issue because if we have good schools, we have a good community and a thriving community and that affects our businesses. About a year and a half ago, I began attending the school board meetings. There were concerns about some curriculum changes. And as I sat and watched for the last year and a half, I realized that curriculum was not the only issue at hand and that there were other things facing our district. So some of my concerns was the superintendent search signing in June, and I do think we need to look at a nationwide search. I would really like the best leadership possible for this district. I believe in this district. I'm a product of it, and my boys are in it. We have some facility needs. I have went and toured all of the elementary schools, the middle school, and the high school, and there are a lot of needs at each of those buildings, and we're going to have some issues that we're going to have to deal with. The curriculum, that was why I started attending. There were concerns for it. I truly believe we need a vertically and horizontally aligned curriculum. It does need to be K through 12 aligned, and it does need to be aligned to our state standards. I also have expressed concern about the teacher's pay and the, the, the advancement in pay for them. I also would like to see some type of a scholarship program offered to the teachers that want to further their education. Right now, that is at their own expense, and I believe if we invest in our employees, then they will invest back into us and what makes us a better district. We have amazing teachers. My sons have had some, I've had some, and I'm very proud to be a part of this community. Thank you. As, as the microphone is being passed back down to begin our questions, I have a brief commercial break here for the radio. If you just tuned in to KBBE, you're listening to the USD 418 Board of Education Candidates Forum. 
hosted by the McPherson Chamber of Commerce. We are now ready to begin with our first question, and we're actually going, since there is no, I think we're going to start with Mr. Butler on the question. Uh, Mr. Butler, we'll begin with you. Uh, and you may address this question somewhat in your opening statements. Um, and I will say that if you need the question repeated, you may ask, uh, because it's a long time getting from one end to the other. Mr. Butler, beginning with you, what are the most important responsibilities of a school board member? As a school board member, I believe your responsibilities are multifaceted. Uh, one, you have a responsibility to the community uh, to make sure that you're providing the needs necessary for their children to have the best possible education they can have. Also, you have a responsibility to make sure that the superintendent and administration is held accountable and that they are making the best decisions as well for the district and for their and for the students in the district and lastly i think as a school board member uh, you need to be able to communicate to the other school board members well and to work with them to provide the community and the teachers um, and staff of the district uh, the best opportunity they have to provide children with the best education possible. Mr. Patrick. Well, it makes a good school board member something I spent quite a bit of time looking at and how I would answer that question tonight. And the best way to sum that up is you should have a primary goal that you're serving your community. Um, you're serving your community and only those that have kids in school, but you're serving the community that, that we're taxpayers here. You're a steward to your community over the financial decisions that are made. Um, I think that you should represent that community and sometimes that means being a school board member that you have to ask some of the harder questions that, or challenging things that are going on within the school board and not let it fall on deaf ears. Um, there's a sense of accountability that needs to be there, both up the chain of command and down the chain of command. Um, I would say if we allow minimum standards, those are for minimum people. Mrs. Vanderhoof. Thank you. I, I think the most important responsibility of a board member is effective communication. With effective communication, we can address most of the concerns that we have and solutions that we are working towards as a community and as a board. So if we have effective communication between the board members, between the staff members, between the administration, and including the parents and the rest of the community members, that, that effective communication will allow for us to be the best district that we can be and meet the needs of not just our students, but our staff, our teachers, our administration, and the community. Mr. Meek. So the job of the board is really to, if we were to use a, a ship analogy, to be the rudder of the ship, right? If the school district itself is the ship, the board is there to steer it the right direction or to provide the guidance to steer it in the right direction. The board's job is not to teach, it's not to provide day-to-day -day guidance on what happens day-to-day, -day, but it's to set the culture in the district. 
and to make sure that the administrators are held accountable for the goals that are set forth and that they're holding the teachers accountable and that the teachers are are holding the students accountable for the right material right so that's that's the attributes that's important uh, for a school board member making sure that you're providing that general oversight and guidance to the district and providing the path so that you set the right culture and the right framework to succeed and stick to what you're good at and uh, don't get down in the weeds um, we have plenty of great people that we hire uh, to do that work that's down in the weeds and that's not a school board member's job. Mr. Johnson. I think if you would go to some of our training manuals, manuals on being a board member, one of the first things they would say is that we set the vision based upon the community need and desires. We then establish the policy that we implement and put forward. We have one employee that is directly responsible to us that we evaluate and we supervise, that's our superintendent. We hold him accountable, and uh, he then uh, provides the accountability to us for what the staff is doing. So I think that um, those are the primary things that I see as a role of board. Mrs. Greer. Yes, I think um, I'm going to echo some of these thoughts, but I, um, our superintendent, hence the staff and administrators, on important policy changes and make sure that we are keeping in mind that everything at the end of the day is all for the good of the students in our district and that vision that we hold for them to thrive after graduation, after school, and we want to always keep them in mind. Mrs. Parkins. Thank you. I think the role and the most important responsibility of a school board member is to be professional and supportive of our great teachers and our staff from top to bottom. And like Mr. Meeks said, we have lots of people in charge of other things that good policy to implement and procedures are being effectively handled throughout the district. Mrs. Worth. I think that a good school board member is one that is willing to listen to the community and the teachers and their ideas and then bring them to the board and to keep those ideas that are presented to them in their minds during their discussions on the board. I also think that they need to be willing to work with others and work with the board and the administration to make our school district better and to implement policies that will make our district a better place and to make learning better for our kids. I also believe that school board members should have open conversation and dialogues with the community so that they do know that the, what needs are out there. But the school board does you know, oversee the superintendent and so that does come back to the superintendent search of why that is so important. Begin the second question with Mr. Patrick. What are your thoughts about summit learning? That's a loaded question. <laughs> my thoughts on it are that I don't like it. Uh, I've experienced it firsthand with my kids. Um, we've dealt with a couple of issues regarding summit learning at the elementary school level. I'm not against being innovative with our technology and advancing our students within the district to learn with a newer technology style of learning, but I don't think that's the end all, catch all thing we need to do. Summit learning has its faults. I was not against it to begin with, but seeing it firsthand, seeing how it was debilitating to some of my kids, 
and stymieing some of my kids in their process of learning was I struggled with. I think that the seventh learning process would have been better done if it would have been about implemented in a much slower fashion. As we go to Mrs. Vanderbilt, I want to reiterate, these are audience questions, not the chambers. <laughs> Thank you. My thoughts on summit learning, I, I wish I could change the question because I think it's really about our curriculum. And our summit learning was what brought my attention to what was going on and that I need to pay more attention. So I'm not against summit learning. What I would like to see is the aligned curriculum that we, that's being addressed and we need to have going forward. So an online platform, I am supportive of because our students all learn differently. So if that is the direction that our curriculum director and our teachers go, then we need to have the evidence for best practices to follow that. And so we need to continue to work forward um, for a good solution. And if someone is that, um, we have the opt-out option also. So I think we can continue to have this dialogue um, as a community of, of how summit learning is working and how that should be um, allocated going forward for our students. Mr. Week. So change is difficult, right? Everybody knows that change is difficult. And that really that's what summit is all about here, right? The difficulty of implementing a new program and the difficulty of sometimes accepting the good and the bad. Nothing that we do is going to be perfect. But there were some problems with the implementation of Summit. There were some things that could have been done differently. I think even the current board members would say that if they had to do it over again, they would do it a little differently. But that doesn't mean that the Summit program itself is bad. I've seen it, I've worked with it some, and it's, it's an implementation issue. The other thing is, and I'm, I'm data driven, you can't judge the results of something based on a year's worth of, of input, right? We don't have the data to say that our students are succeeding or our students are failing. If your kid tried out for baseball or started practicing baseball and he didn't hit a home run on his first hit, would you tell him, we'll never play baseball again, just give up? No, you gotta practice, right? You gotta work through some of the issues. And until we have three or four or five years of summit, we don't know if it's good or bad. Mr. Johnson? Um, I'm well aware of some of learning from last year. I think that if we could all go back in hindsight, uh, when we look at the beginnings of this, started with us being selected as a redesigned school of the state. And as to our two sites then started their research on innovative things that we wanted to do, some of the learning came at one of the tools that was used, part is curriculum, part is the online platform. And I would think that, it, that we made some significant adjustments to make it better for this year. I think there's very good aspects to it. And probably our biggest challenge last year was implementation. It was such a large task to do so much so soon that the hindsight I mentioned would have been, we probably should have implemented it slower. But I think they're very good things. And for those that are not good learners within that system, we also have a more traditional option available. This is Greer. Yes, um, Summit Learning, uh, I, you could call it Summit, you could call it any online platform. I think a lot of different companies are coming out with online platforms that personalize the learning for their students. If I were to uh, quote a bunch of teachers, that's who I want to 
learn about Summit from is how is it helping you with your teaching because that is the ultimate person implementing in any curriculum and we I personally heard so many good things that they have never been able to challenge the students the way that they were able to challenge with them with, through personalized learning. Every student could have rigorous lessons no matter where they were and what level, and they were able to um, produce results from their students that they hadn't been able to reach before in certain times of the year. So um, Summit, yes, I think, because it's personalized learning. Mrs. Parkins. Thank you. Summit Learning ultimately is a tool for our teachers to use to teach our students. It's not replacing our teachers' hard work. It's not replacing the teachers in the classrooms. It's a tool. And it's a tool that is going to be used and is being used in the 21st century. McPherson schools were uh, selected to be part of the Kansas CAN redesign, and part of the redesign is looking at how schools are teaching children and implementing other parts of children's lives, social emotional learning, and going toward a more personalized learning uh, platform. And a lot of that is online, much like a lot of my job is on the computer. I'm sure a lot of your jobs are online or through the computer. And so I think our teachers are working hard to make some changes, as you would with any sort of curriculum or platform change, and it will only get better. This is work. My experience with Summit, and that was why I got involved in going to school more meetings, my son has some learning disabilities and did not do very well on Summit because Summit did not support the disabilities that he has. But I do know of some kids that did well on it. I think it's a very individual situation. My only issues with Summit is that it is not an aligned curriculum, which is what we really need. We need the K through 12 aligned curriculum aligned to state standards, and Summit is not. Um, I also think back to when Dr. Sagain did her study and presented it to the board, one of her comments was that you don't ever adopt a curriculum that does not provide a special curriculum for those with special needs. And having a kid with special needs, that really hits home. Summit doesn't provide a special curriculum for those with special needs. And that's my thoughts on Summit. Thanks, Mr. Butler. It's an opportunity to answer this question. My, uh, she lived in the seventh grade last year, uh, did not perform well with Summit, and that did spark me going to uh, board meetings for the past year or so. Um, but others do do well with Summit. Uh, I recently visited my daughter's four classes with her at the middle school in eighth grade, and why they are using some of resources in the opt-out classes to supplement. I feel that the traditional classroom element has led to greater success for her and other students that are utilizing the opt-out program. With, with the Dr. Sublime study, I feel that that as well as uh, Ms. McWilliams as the new curriculum director, uh, I think she's working to develop a plan and engagement strategies, strategies based on these findings in the Sublime study. And I feel that we're headed in the right direction. It won't be an overnight process, uh, but I do like the steps the district has taken so far. We now move to a new question, and Mrs. Vanderhoof 
your personal answer. If elected, what would you hope the key accomplishments of the board would be? Key accomplishments. I believe that the board has several accomplishments um, to start with. One will be the superintendent search, and that is a very important uh, responsibility of the board going forward, and that responsibility starts in January. And so that will be key as the district moves forward with all of the initiatives that are set forth already. I also think that as the curriculum is studied and evaluated moving forward, that we're going to see even greater um, solutions moving our students and our teachers um, into the support they need, and we'll see thriving students and our staff will be supported. Um, in, in the end, we'll see great output in that. The other accomplishments, we'll have a um, facility study that we're able to adopt and implement. And I think I'm at my time just about. So overall, I think our teacher staff um, and salary is also an important accomplishment. Mr. Reed. So in one year's time, you can't see a lot of results in, say, proficiency scores going up, right? The programs you implement take us take a significant amount of time, several years, in order to see those improvements. However, what you can see is culture change and morale change. So what I would expect to see at the end of the first year is higher morale within the staff of the school district. People that like to come to work every day and feel a sense of accomplishment that they have the tools necessary to get their jobs done and do it well. And when they get there, their students are also excited to learn. So by increasing the morale and the culture and creating some accountability for success and implementing that now so our students know that they have to succeed, they have to reach certain levels of aptitude in order to move on to the next grade level or to pass the class, if we implement that, then we'll see those results three, four years down the road. And that's, that, that's what we need to do. So get the morale, get the standards built up now, and we'll see the tangible results in three or four years. Mr. Johnson. I guess uh, when I think about an accomplishment, that means more of a completion. But I, I guess I would hope if I continue on the board to be able to see uh, that we've made a good decision in superintendent leadership change, that we're well on our path for getting this curriculum aligned and uh, back to where we need it to be along with our assessments and seeing improved student performance. Also, to really look closely and deeper into our finances. Uh, we've been challenged over a number of years with budget, and uh, we need to really investigate what we can do more in that. We need to uh, look at our facilities, and if you're following us, we're on, on the path to um, create community groups, and we want to hear from you. And hopefully, a year from now, we'll really know with a clear direction what we're needing to do with facilities. This is Greer. I think that. One of the biggest accomplishments right out of the gate is going to be the superintendent search. We need to find the right person to fit our district's needs um, that's going to continue our deep-rooted tradition of excellence because we all know that that is very important to our community and all of us. And we need to make sure that that superintendent is um, going to be on board with all of our curriculum work, which they will be. Um, and. We need to make sure that our facilities um, gets going and rolling and we get everybody engaged um, in that new 
new adventure that we're going to embark on. And yes, getting morale back up. Last year, I feel like it really took a hit with all of the controversy and we need to get it back to where it needs to be high and um, exciting and everybody loving coming to work. Mrs. Parkins? I think culture and morale is really important and the way you do that is with an effective and dynamic leader in choosing a positive and good superintendent for our district and for our community. When you have a positive leader at the top that trickles down, it's a good motivator for the teachers, the staff, and everyone who works for the district. Uh, so I would hope we could do that within the year, but sometimes change is hard and we have to continue working on that. That goes hand in hand with teacher support, not just supporting them with pay, but also with incentives, telling them they're doing a good job, telling them they're working hard, the students are doing a good job. They're, if you look around the district, we have done well, we continue to do well, we want to continue that. And also continuing on the path that the current board has already started with addressing our facilities needs. There's a significant need at the high school for a lot of work, um, not just maintenance work. Uh, so those would be the top three things. Mrs. Worth. Again, I think within a year, the superintendent search is going to be the thing that we'll start on right off the gate there. Um, we do need to get a very effective leader one that maybe has had some experience in a district this size, um, that has had a experience in bringing morale together in a district. And I think that would be so so crucial. I also um, feel like the work will continue on the curriculum. We'll continue, Brady's gonna continue to study each piece of our curriculum and that work will continue. I also hope that we can work on increasing our teachers' pay and in the retention and also the facility studies should be done and we can start work with the issues that we have there. You know, the high school does have some major issues. Middle school has some big issues. All of the elementary schools need, need new flooring as well as the high school and middle school. So I think all that will be coming up in the first year. As the microphone is being passed, if you just tuned in to KBBE, you're listening to the USD 418 Board of Education Candidates Forum, hosted by the McPherson Chamber of Commerce. And Mr. Butler has an opportunity. You started? No, Mr. Vanderhoof started it, so we'll come back to Mr. Butler. You're last. Mr. Butler, you guys are trying to confuse me. Do a pretty good job. Okay, uh, well, as far as uh, uh, achievements, I think that the board should have um, within within a year's time. I think that we should be able to uh, choose a superintendent within that time that uh, meets all the qualifications we need, is experienced with the bond issue because we're going to be dealing with that. Um, I think that they should uh, have a good working relationship with building staff and teachers. I think that they should have their backs. I think that they should be supportive of them. And I think that the superintendent, or I'm sorry, the teacher salaries, uh, this is something we really need to address. I mean, it, in sitting through teacher negotiations and seeing we talk about morale and how we can bring that up, let's value our teachers and let's respect, respect what they're doing to give our kids the education that they do in the district. Um, all of that's my thing. 
Mr. Patrick. I echo a lot of the same things that these folks have set up here concerning key accomplishments, but I think you could really solidify that with creating a better culture and morale. And, and searching for the, the reasons for why I chose to do this and doing my own research and getting out there, I've spent some time talking to current teachers, current administrators, former teachers, and a lot of things that they say is that they don't have the the backing from the people above them. That starts at the top. And I think in our search for a new superintendent, we need to make sure that we hire not only a manager, but we hire a leader. Those are two individual skills that do not go, they're not synonymous. You can be a manager and not be a good leader, but if you are a good leader, that's, that's the best thing that you could ask for. And I think that will create that better culture and the better pay and the things that go along with it. Well, I have a new question beginning with Mr. Meek. In the development of a school district budget, what goals and objectives would guide your decision making? So in developing the budget, it's best for the students, right? And that's not just one group of students, that's all students. And, and to meet the needs of the district itself and how those students are going to are going to succeed. So you need to make sure that you're paying teachers, and I think everybody up here agrees that our teacher pay right now is, average pay is something like $6,000 lower than every other district in the area uh, on average. So you need to make sure that the teachers are getting paid. You need to make sure that lunches are being uh, served and that the needs of the students are met and that you're balancing that with, with the facilities and everything else that needs to get done. It's really truly a balancing act and you have to make sure that you're hitting the most important issues first, the ones that affect the students' learning and the administration and teachers' ability to do their jobs. That's one and two and three. And all the other services need to be fulfilled too, but I think they become secondary to that. Mr. Johnson. I think school district finance is probably one of the most challenging and complicating things to figure through. Uh, oh, that we could just set our own budget, but we have so many factors to weigh into uh, that tell us how much money we have to work with. So our responsibility, I believe, is to come back in through uh, a series of retreats, studies, whatever, and really establish the priorities within what we have available and what we can move. I wish we could add more to our budget at times, but it just doesn't seem possible with current funding. Mrs. Greer? Education, I think, is uh, such a sad budget. It's just so complicated and so hard, and so much of it is out of the leaders' hands in the districts. And I think we have to, like Jeff said, go to retreats and decide what is priority. What if we have any extra money? Where can we move it to? And how? What does that decision making look like? And I think um, teacher salaries are definitely on the top of the list of many people um, in our community as, of, as well as mine. And I think our facilities coming up is going to be a big, um, a big undertaking to figure out how it, that fits in with the budget and as well as all of our other operating costs. And um, so it's, gonna, it's, it's going to be a lot of work. Mrs. Perkins. Thank you. When they say the budget is complicated, they're not joking. It's like a 150-page document that's the budget. It's not like my business's budget or your personal budget at home. 
There's lots of different sources for funding and lots of different ways you have to allocate that are guided by the state and federal rules and statutes and guidelines that tell you how you and where you can spend your money. Obviously, prioritizing where USC 418 spends their money is important. Teacher pay is important because McPherson has a high cost of living. So to be able to sustain that and have our teachers be able to reside in our community is important. So I think we have to look at our priorities and what the vision of USD 418 is and then align the budget as best that we can uh, with the rules and guidelines that we're with, allowed within that. This is worth. Yes, the budget is very complicated. I've looked through the many pages of it. Um, I do believe the priority should be on teacher pay. I, I've gone to negotiations and listened to the frustration from the teachers, and we do need to pay them more for their, especially for the amount of education they put into it, the time, their out-of-pocket expenses they put into the classrooms. So I think we need to make that a priority in our district is the teachers pay. And again, our facilities, that's going to be a big issue. We have a lot of things that need repair at our school that maybe won't necessarily be fit into a bond issue. And we need to look at those because some of them are some case safety hazards for our children in the building. So passing the microphone back to Mr. Butler. As far as uh, budgets go, I have had some experience with not near as large of a budget as, as the school district has, but uh, with a line item budget, I feel that the best way to break that down is to break it down into sections and create work sessions so that you have priorities and such as has been mentioned by some of the other candidates. Uh, we have a strong need for facilities improvements. We have a strong need for improving teacher salaries and classified staff salaries within a district. And what what you need to do, in my opinion, is develop a, a plan of action based on breaking down those sections in a rather large budget, setting priorities, and putting a plan of action. Mr. Patrick? Again, a little question, balancing the budget, talking about money. Um, it comes down to managing your resources. You need to be able to manage your resources. And in talking to a lot of the administration and teachers that I've listened to the last few days in preparing for this forum, it's apparent that there's a lot of things that need to be fixed and there's maintenance issues out there that have gone on deaf ears or there was issues that they weren't forecasted properly. So that needs to be looked at, some logistical things of how that can be changed. Um, but I agree with, with uh, some of the other candidates here. I think teacher pay is one of the primary things you have to look at with respect to the budget. Um, money is what makes the world go round. Money is important to all of us in, in, in the fulfillment of our lives. And so that's something we've got to make a priority when it comes to balancing the school finance budget. Mrs. Vanderhoof. Thank you. I think uh, updating the strategic plan would be helpful as we're looking at the budget uh, line by line, and then we can set our priorities, goals, and a target plan with outcomes. And that would include then looking as we examine the budget to allocate funds appropriately to um, not only look at our staff and, and their salaries, but the curriculum, the facility needs, the safety needs, in that and so as we move forward i would recommend we consider looking at a strategic plan that would help us examine the budget and allocating the funds that will help us retain staff 
uh, adopt the curriculum that is needed to move us forward. The next question begins with Mr. Johnson. What would you suggest the district do to improve retention of teachers and support staff? Well, obviously the last question addressed a lot of that. If we could address our financial um, needs, what we can pay, um, um, it is disappointing in all of our categories. I know we focus a lot on our teachers and that's a certainly needed group and we must improve that. But we also are behind significantly in our classified and support staff. And it's very difficult in this community to find people who work for us in those areas. So many of our other industries more and our administrative staff who will be fine in that compared to many of our comparison groups so it's a significant thing that we need to address and um, back to budgeting priority um, retreats to help deal with those mrs greer can you repeat the question what would you suggest the district do to improve retention of teachers and support staff okay um definitely yes salaries of course that's what really brings a lot of people to a profession or to a job is um, a salary that they can live on. So if we can boost our salaries with our high cost of living here in McPherson, uh, that would hold more teachers here. Um, I think our morale, if we make this um, a cutting edge, exciting, supportive environment for our teachers, um, that would be another reason that people would want to come here to work or our graduates from the college would want to stay to, to teach for us. And um, I think uh, our, our culture is really what, what brings people here. Mrs. Parkins? I think we need to listen. It's a hard job, but we need to listen to our teachers and our support staff and our classified staff about what changes they would like to see, what changes they believe need to be made. And that goes hand in hand with culture, and that's a leadership, um, creating good leadership, both at central office and in the buildings, and holding everyone accountable, and it makes it a place that you want to go to work every day, and you want to tell your friends, hey, I work in McPherson, it's great, come here. And you want to tell your kids, if they're going to be a teacher, to come and work here. There was a time when McPherson received several hundred applicants for positions open. We want to get back to that place. Um, and always, of course, we want to pay more, so it's looking at the budget to find ways to make that possible. This is work. Well, I agree with the others that we do need to increase our teacher pay, and especially those that have been with the district long term. Sometimes they get forgotten when we try to increase our starting base. I also think we need to be better at providing our teachers with the training and support that they need. We mentioned how Summit was implemented pretty fast and some of the teachers have expressed that they did not get the, the training that they felt they needed to, to provide teaching opportunities they needed on Summit. And again, I do think we need to listen to the teachers. I visited with a lot of teachers and they have a lot of good ideas and I think at Central Office they need to open those lines up more and listen to our teachers and take what they have to say into account in, in their decision making. Mr. Butler. I feel like there's a couple things. Uh, I have gone recently and visited all buildings in the district and spoken with all of the building administration principals. I feel like as far as uh, 
relations between administration and teachers and staff. I feel like that that's a big part of the morale issue right now, as well as teacher pay. Uh, I, I'll be the one to say, I guess, I mean, why administration received raises ahead of the teachers. I don't understand that to me. I, if it would have been me, I would have frozen administrative pay and taken care of the teachers first. Mr. Patrick? The retention process has to revolve around, again, money and pay. Um, the teachers deserve to be compensated for the work that they do. And again, spend some time talking to a lot of these teachers, both current and former teachers, and a lot of them spend their own money um, to, to do things that they don't get support for from the staff. Uh, a lot of them just say they don't even see their administrators in their building um, from the central office or anybody that's over them. There, there's a need for that culture to be there and to support them when there's a work overload. There's many teachers that tell me that they put in 60 hours a week. Um, who wants to do that? Uh, I sure don't. So I think that's the part of the retention process. We need to get the pay up. We need to create a culture that they want to stay here. And we need to find a way to get that support staff um, to, want to, to want to stay. And some of that revolves around addressing some of the behavior issues that we have in our campuses. Mrs. Bader. Well, since we, um, the state has provided a, a 6.5% increase to all the districts across the state, I think we need to examine the budget and work to allocate those funds and so that we can retain the staff. And through that, we can establish an equitable salary and a wage scale for our teachers and staff. And that will attract and retain the best quality teachers, provide the highest quality professional development and ongoing support. But I think there's some other important aspects that we should consider, and that is to develop more effective, transparent, and open communication across um, the district. And then included in that would be the ongoing support that's uh, provided to the teachers and the staff. And so if we look at the budget that's been given to us from the state and look at our budget line, look at communication, and look at support, I think that we will retain our teachers. Mr. Meek. So teachers become teachers because they love to teach. Right, and the, the sense of satisfaction they get from teaching and, and getting those students to accomplish their goals. But what happens when you don't give them the right tools to teach and they have those impediments and they can't, they want to teach, they want to be successful, but you do not provide them the right tools, right? You're not giving them the shovel, you're not giving them the pencil, whatever they need to get that job done. That's what we need to do to increase retention, right? We need to change the culture so that there's clear expectation on what's expected from the teachers, clear results as to what they need to do and what they're expected to do and giving them the tools to do what they were hired to do. We also need to, to, to raise the salaries. That's quite frankly, I think the easy part. The hard part is changing the culture and getting teachers to want to teach. You, you're, you chose this profession because it's a job that you love, right? And all we're doing is making something that you love, something that you dread doing every single day. And if we don't change that, you can pay somebody $100,000 a year and it doesn't matter because they're still gonna dread coming to work every day. We'll have a new question in just a second, but if you just tuned in to KBBU, you're listening to the USD 418 Board of Education Candidates Forum hosted by the McPherson Chamber of Commerce. The next question, we'll start with Mrs. Greer. What qualities are important in a superintendent? 
I think communication is high on my list um, for many reasons. I think communicating um, their expectations to the board and to the staff and to the teachers and the community. I think their um, ability to kind of rally everybody together because whether um, we like it or not, the superintendent kind of is the face of the district and we need them to believe in us and go out and fight for us and make sure that we are getting the best resources and um, making sure all of our experiences within our schools are positive for our students. And um, I think somebody who's forward thinking and can um, look down the line five years and see, um, you know, what what do we need to handle five years from now? What's creeping along that we need to take care of now that's not an issue five years from now? And somebody who understands um, the community that we live in, somebody who can come and visit and get to know us. <laughs> Mrs. Parkins. Thank you. I think a new superintendent should be an effective communicator, but also someone who's present and receptive in the community, engaged with our community, and engaged with our schools, not only at a building administrative level, but also with our teachers and our staff and our students. Um, someone who has a curriculum and instruction background to help with that forward thinking and with the redesign that will be moving across the state to continue to be innovative and supportive of what the district has ongoing and to be a good listener, not only to the teachers, but to the community, the board, and the other staff that work for the district and our students, most importantly. This is worth well, I would like to see someone that's had experience with the district our size and a successful district. Um, I also want to see one that's had um, experience with bond issues and a successful bond issue somewhere that they have been in the past. Because with the facility cities, we more than likely will be having a bond issue. And we're going to need good leadership in order to get that passed in our community. I would also like to see a superintendent that would love to go visit the classroom. Several teachers have visited with me about superintendents in the past that would come in and pull up a chair and sit there in class with the kids. And I think that is so important because good leaders are the ones that aren't afraid to, to get down in the trenches with the workers and to be involved. And I think that's so important and that opens up those lines of communication. And I think also we need a leader that can be transparent with the teachers and can be transparent with the public. Thank you. I think our next superintendent needs to have experience with, much like what Robin said, uh, with a bond issue and uh, have, have a successful experience with that. They need to be proactive and forward-thinking and exceptional listener. They also need, they also should have a good understanding of budgetary needs and the, and the, and be directly engaged and connected with our community. Mr. Patrick. Is an important superintendent for this area is, is very unique. There is a very unique culture in our community. And most of us know it, it's been here for a long time. And I think some of that culture is starting to drift out of here and we need to get that back. Um, this is a good place to live. This is a good place to raise a family. Um, we have good people here that can do a good job. We need to get that back. 
We need to find somebody that's going to be a superintendent that has exceptional leadership skills. Um, what I said before, we don't need a manager. We need a leader. And, and you can be a manager without being a leader, but you And we, like, like Robin said, and some of the other ones said here, was my first thought to my mind on this was, they need to be out on the front lines. They need to be able to do the same thing and be able to, or be willing to back up someone that's gone and do those kind of things. That gains the risk. At this point in the program, we had some technical difficulties at the radio station for about 10 minutes long, so we will skip ahead about 10 minutes and resume after the internet was picked back up. Hiring more teachers and support staff is how you do it, but you have to have the space and the other resources there to do that as well. Okay, microphone's coming back to Mr. Butler. We've had nine questions so far, so we're getting back to the beginning. Um, just a short commercial break before we continue. If you're just tuned in to KBBE Radio, if you're listening to the USD 418 Board of Education Candidates Forum, hosted by the McPherson Chamber of Commerce. Next question, we start with Mr. Butler. What can be done to increase school safety? I think uh, in, in my visit to all the buildings, I think the majority of the building administration or principals echoed, uh, at least at the elementary schools, uh, that they needed to have a, a safe area for students to arrive in the building like Washington School does. Uh, that would be one step, I, and I, I totally agree with it, I think, in this day and age. I think that's an important thing to have, to know that the students, when you're dropping them off at school, have a sense of security. I think that also there's other issues that have been mentioned earlier to, that, uh, regarding facilities as far as like carpet in the hallways, that's a safety issue that probably isn't a large expense, but might be able to be uh, handled by building capital outlay and replacing the carpet that could be trip hazards for the students. Uh, items like that, that that don't require a bond issue or large capital expense that can be improved, although um, we need to look at that as, as a bond issue as well. Mr. Patrick? I've already touched on school safety with one of the questions, but I'll reiterate what I said before. Uh, I also had those conversations with some of the administrators here uh, and that's that hits home with me doing what I do for a living uh, that's the last thing I want to do is to go to an active shooter situation at a school because somebody was able to be compromised to get into that building um, this is 2019 and real things happen so that is a paramount thing that we need to look at to make sure that our schools are safe and our teachers are safe in those buildings protecting those kids there's another side of the school safety though that I think we haven't touched on yet revolves around there's a lot of behavior problems in today's society and a lot of these teachers and a lot of these parent educators in the classrooms are being spit on kicked you know they're using profanity too and there's no repercussions for that so we need to think about something with behaviors and maybe address a separate unit for that and a separate campus to deal with those kind of things with safety this is Vanderhoof 
Thank you. I think that within the strategic plan that, that will be uh, updated, that we can look at a proactive and a preventative um, strategy to address safety on multiple levels. And those uh, levels not only are the violence, but also the trauma that our students and staff are exposed to. And so we need to include um, when we're looking at safety on all levels, because there's a reaction when something happens. And so I think we need to continue those training pieces that are in place, have effective communication across um, all levels of our community to what we can know. I, ha I recognize that there are times where we as the community don't have the opportunity to know the details. And so we have to communicate that clearly so that we understand there's times where we can't know what's going on in a particular situation. But the strategic plan will help delineate how to move forward. Mr. Meek? So we need to make sure that we address both external and internal uh, security issues when it comes to safety, right? So those the threats from uh, the random person passing by or coming into the school, we need to make sure that our, our comprehensive plans uh, for active shooter and those types of, of intrusions are up to date and that they're trained on and that everybody knows what to do, from the administrators to the teachers. Um, you know, and it, and it goes beyond just that, that internal and external security. It also works with fire and tornadoes, right? Um, I've, I've seen issues where we've had fire drills that nobody knows where to go, right? Because it's not practiced enough and it's not reinforced correctly. So we need to make sure that all those processes and procedures are there so that we are providing a safe atmosphere for our kids from security threats and then from also natural disasters, fire, uh, those sorts of things also. Mr. Johnson? Currently, the board has went through a safety and security audit, so we do have uh, awareness that some of those things, because of its nature, are difficult to say share publicly. But the things that we can address, security cameras, locks, things like that, we're working hard on. It's going to be a priority in the facility discussion, not only from the, the uh, safe entry to building, but also uh, storm shelters, those kind of things. We, we know that's something we need to plan. And then the staff training, we need to be uh, continuing to do that so that we know in all types of situations that um, our staff knows how to handle those issues that come up. Mrs. Greer? Safe schools, um, I, I kind of think right off the bat, secured entrances where people can't enter the building without going through the office first. I think that's something that's kind of a um, low-hanging fruit on a little, you know, we can kind of think of it as that because of the bond issue, maybe we could uh, make sure that every building at least has a secured entrance. Um, also, I, when I think of safety, I think of um, students who have gone through all sorts of trauma or um, are dealing with things um, emotionally that uh, they're not equipped to handle themselves and we need to uh, support them in that healing process with uh, teachers and professionals that can get to them um, in the schools versus um, them having to go outside when maybe their resources don't allow them to do that. This is Parkins. Thank you. There was earlier this year there was a grant that allowed more security cameras to be placed at the middle school. I think uh, reaching out and uh, 
receiving grants like that to help with security measures externally, like security cameras, not only outside the building, but inside the building are helpful, as well as secured entrances. It's one thing to say secured entrances, but to actually make that happen in most of our buildings is very difficult um, and expensive, so which is why it's probably part of the next bond issue that may come up. And also identifying and working with counselors and other uh, professionals in the school to identify where there might be issues, why they, there might be issues, and to resolve those before they become larger uh, all-school issues. Mrs. Worth? Well, the first thing that came to my mind was safety was earlier this school year, my son's at the high school and there was a threat made toward the high school. And I found out later that none of the intercoms in the building worked. And as a parent, that was very heartbreaking for me to hear where my child was and there was no intercom system working. I visited with all the buildings and they all said there's portions of their buildings that the intercoms do not work. So I think the first and foremost issue that we need to address is to get those intercom systems working. I think at the high school they do have it working a little bit, but it is kind of intermittent. So that is the first line right there. Um, I also think we do need to do like Washington. That's an awesome entrance that you have to enter into the office. The, again, I brought up the buckles in the carpet, the cracks in the floors. Those are big safety issues for our children. And I think every school should have tornado shelters, and I know there are grants available for that. Hang on to the microphone, would you please? That's the end of our questions, and something we're going to do, and we'll do a little bit backwards. We're going to allow each one of you one minute and you can summarize your position on the school board or address an issue you didn't feel like you were able to address very well, but a one minute closing and then we'll finish up. I Beginning with Mrs. Morgan. Okay. <laughs> Thank you everybody for coming out tonight. Um, if you have any questions or concerns, I would love to sit down and visit with you over a cup of coffee, cup of tea, a Coke. Um, I really want to hear what your your concerns and issues are with our district. I truly believe in our district. I, I'm a product of it. One, one son has already graduated, another one is in it. Um, I believe that it's a vital to our community. If we have good schools, it makes us have a good community and we have a business here. So, you know, I believe in having a good community, a successful community and successful schools. Mrs. Parkins. Thank you all for attending tonight and asking good questions, and I hope you pro were provided some good answers to those questions. I think, again, uh, finding a dynamic superintendent will help fix a lot of the issues that may exist in our district and make our district better and build on what we have. Um, and I think providing good support to our teachers, not only with pay, but also getting creative in how we can help support them um, from the top down is important. I'm happy to meet with any of you tonight or any time and would encourage you to go vote on November 5th. Mrs. Greer. Uh, thank you for coming and being an informed voter by coming. Um, I think that this point in our district, this moment in time is very crucial. We're gonna have a change in leadership. We're looking at um, facilities changes. Our curriculum is changing and um, we need to make sure that the people that are supporting our students, our staff and our 
central office administrators are there to guide and um, support and help with these policy changes. And um, I'm invested in this district. I think we have an incredible staff and um, our students are so lucky to be here because of our staff. And we just need to make sure that we make the right decisions. District Johnson. Well, I too uh, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this forum tonight and uh, appreciate the attendance. And I know that many are listening on the radio, so I hope that they've been able to hear from us some of our thoughts and our concerns and uh, help them in their decision making for the coming election. Our district's got a lot of change and challenges ahead, and uh, we need your support. Uh, no matter the outcome of this election, ongoing, we really need your community, the community to be involved with our schools, and we appreciate those of you that are. And if you haven't really joined in with us, we would encourage you to do that. Anything that you would like to visit or share with me about, we will open that. So thank you again for the opportunity. Mr. Reed. So I know I've said this a lot tonight, but I think really the crux of the issue here is the culture and the culture that we set. If we create the right culture in this district, all of these policies that we talk about, all of the input from the community, from the teachers, from the students, will all come together to create a, a better district and we'll, we'll reach the goals that we want to reach. But we have to have the right culture in place and, and have that motivation for students to do well and the motivation for the teachers to do what they love to do and for the administrators to be there to support them. And, and just one last thing about me that we haven't really talked about, but I'm the only one here that's not from here, right? And many of you are like, who's the guy in the middle, right? Uh, so I'm not originally from here, but that gives me a different perspective, right? I don't, I don't have the, this is how it's been done before mentality because I've, I've seen different things and been different places. So just keep that in mind that I have, a, I have a different perspective on things. And if you think that's good, that's great. If you think that's not good, well, that's great too. <laughs> this is Vanderhoof. And I want to say thank you to all of you for coming out um, tonight. And some of the things that I think that we need to address um, that I've already spoken to, but want to remind you um, that we need to, that we will strengthen our district, and we need your help doing that. So we, I want to partner with you um, and listen. Um, I'm happy to meet with you, um, even if it seems like it's something that you think I don't want to hear. I do want to hear that. I think that's important that we have all sides of the concerns, the issues, suggestions, solutions going forward. We need to hire the next superintendent. We need to align our curriculum. We need to address our facilities. We need to look at our budget. We need to allocate the funds to support our teachers and our staff. We need to look at our communications um, strategies and structures that are in place. When we do all of this, we'll be able to show to our community and our staff that we are the best district. Mr. Patrick. Hi, Echo. Thank you all of you for coming out tonight. This has been a unique experience for me, and it's a rewarding experience. I see a paradigm shift here. I think that we're on the road to changing some things. I think uh, looking at the Board of Education, uh, having uh, these four positions with some maybe some new blood in them, or maybe not, uh, I would like to be a part of that. And I would appreciate your vote. Um, but this, this particular community is, is rich for its culture and sports. Nobody's gonna contest that. You know, we're known for basketball, and, and I ironically, we're now known for football, and that's been a paradigm shift. If anybody remembers when our football program was very terrible, um, it's it's 
pretty top notch. And I'd like to see the same thing happen with our education system. And that needs to happen. And with the community support and listening to being able to listen to the views, we can make that happen. Mr. Butler. I'd like to echo again um, the rest of the candidates. I thank you for the opportunity to answer some questions. Uh, I'm not the best public speaker, but I can promise you one thing, and that's that I do have a passion for uh, what I'm doing, or else I wouldn't be running for school board. I really, after after getting more involved as far as with the uh, Board of Education meetings and sitting through teacher negotiations and visits to all the schools in the district, my passion is even greater. I'm a lifetime resident. I really want to see the district succeed and improve and see the level of academics match that of athletics and really just see the leadership as far as the new superintendent coming in have the same passion and want to bring the bring the community back into the school district and bring that bring that level of pride back into as far as academics to match the match the athletics. That would be fantastic. Thank you. This concludes our candidate forum for USD 418 Board of Education. I want to thank the candidates for their willingness to run for public office and for participating in this forum. I really do. Um, thank you to the public and the attend for attending and the listening radio audience for tuning in. And I want to say a special thank you to KDDE Radio for carrying the forum live on air. Also, thank you to the Kansas Municipal Utility for providing the venue for our forum. Also, want to thank the other members of the Business and Membership Committee of the Chamber. So, I'm going to ask them to stand and give them a hand. Candidates for City Commission and for USD 418 Board of Education, we encourage you to go to the polls and vote for the candidates you feel will do the best job in the positions they are seeking. Thank you for listening. Good evening.